so we turn to scripture together and our first reading is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 1. The letter to Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 3 to 10. It's page 1183 for anyone with the Bibles. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfilment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand for our Gospel reading. It's from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. And it's verses 12 to 22. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfil what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men and women. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, and Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And so, Lord, as we reflect together on your word, may you bring light to our paths. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when I was 12, it's a little while ago, I know, my dad decided he'd had enough of uh, commuting up the M5 from Taunton to Bristol, where he was working for the Department of Transport in the centre of Bristol. 
and after many years living down in Somerset in Taunton, decided that we'd move up to Nailsey in North Somerset. And uh, as I say, I was 12 years old. It was two weeks before the end of the summer term in the first year of school. Now, I quite liked Taunton. Still do. And I had a good set of friends and was involved in various things locally. I was happy at school. I felt I belonged there. And then all of a sudden I was thrust into this new situation in a new school in Nailsey, two weeks before the end of term, where everybody else knew each other really well. And there were all sorts of in-jokes and lots of banter and everyone was comfortable with one another. But I was a new boy. And I didn't feel that I fitted. And it took a year or two to feel that I did fit, to feel that I did belong in any shape or form. And part of that was down to someone in one of my classes who invited me along to a youth club at the local church and then eventually to the actual church itself. And there I found a place where I belonged within the youth club with friends there and also within the local church and gradually began to discover what it was all about and that actually I could belong to Jesus. At church I was made welcome, people took interest, I began to feel that I was part of the community. Over time I came to understand what church was about and about what Jesus was all about. And that sense of belonging became deep-rooted. I wonder where we feel we belong. Everyone needs to belong. I heard last week that the most popular series viewed by teenagers on Netflix is Friends. That really surprised me. It's about a group of 20-somethings living in New York. And it's quite remarkable that that is so popular with teenagers today on Netflix because the last episode was aired 15 years ago, before many of them were born. I wonder what the attraction is. Well, maybe there's something of the themes of friendship and belonging. But what was interesting was that the research also showed that most people watched this series about friendship and belonging alone on their mobile phones or other devices. There's quite an irony there, isn't there? How many young people today feel that they don't belong? How many older folk in our communities feel that they don't belong? That things are moving so fast they can't keep up. How many migrants in this nation feel or are made to feel that they don't belong? People of all ages, people of all backgrounds feeling isolated. And yet against this backdrop, the church has a hopeful message. You belong. You are welcomed. You are loved. I wonder whether Simon and Andrew, James and John felt that they belonged. I, I guess they did to some degree. They were part of a community of fishermen working alongside the Sea of Galilee. Some of the businesses, James and John's included, were family concerns. There would have been something of a sort of fisherman's subculture. No doubt a bit of industrial language. A few fishy jokes. They'd be covering each other's backs. A bit of banter. Plenty of rivalry. But when Jesus came calling, he offered them something more, didn't he? 
Something so appealing that they were prepared to leave everything they knew behind to start a new life with him. And from the predictable daily routines of their fishing trade, they embarked on an incredible adventure. Each day there were new things to learn, there were new experiences to be had. And over time, they came to feel that they belonged with Jesus in this small community. Now that was pretty amazing in itself, because if we think of the makeup of that group of disciples, we've got these four rugged, uneducated fishermen called together with a ragtag assortment of others. You've got someone like Simon the Zealot, a bit of a loyalist, well-heeled. You've got Matthew the tax collector, tax collectors despised by vast sections of society. A mix of the educated and the uneducated, the loud and the proud, in all likelihood many of them still in their older teens, finding their feet in life. But Jesus built that sense of belonging. He valued them as individuals. He taught them together. He gave them a purpose. He shared his life with them. They laughed and they ate and they drank and they cried with him. He had hard words for them and soft words for them. He cajoled and encouraged and often despaired. They learned to love and value one another. But it wasn't a walk in the park. Isn't church like that sometimes? We're all far from perfect. There's no guarantees that we have masses in common with the people sat next to us. Don't glance around to check. But we do hopefully have one thing in common, and that is our relationship with Jesus, our knowledge that we're loved and accepted by him. People need to feel they belong. Time and time again I hear uh, young people at um, uh, Hazelmere saying, I feel I belong here. Partly due to the welcome and the love shown by the team. It's partly because it's actually a slightly false environment away from the pressures of home. But it's mainly because they meet the one who welcomes them with open arms. Now that's our aspiration within the children's work here and the youth work here and within all of the different groups that operate in the life of Christchurch. That people are able to say, I belong. But it's not just about whether we feel we belong, it's about whether we're helping others feel that they belong. I don't know about you, but I've been to some clubs, or even sadly churches over the years, where I haven't been made to feel I belong. Maybe I don't quite fit in, I don't quite look right, I don't quite speak right, I don't know the the drills and the, the words to say and when to stand up and sit down and all that sort of thing. I was struck in preparing by um, those words from Ephesians chapter 1, especially verses 4 to 6, that speak of us being chosen by God and being accepted into sonship. Now don't be put off by that word, sonship. It's not a sexist comment. It's deliberately used because it it speaks to the full legal rights and standing available to the adopted male heir in those times. And it's a great statement of our belonging as God's children, as sons and daughters, with all the rights and rewards that brings. A belonging not dependent on education or social standing or family background or economic well-being, but solely on the basis that God has chosen us and sent his son to die for us. 
It's a verse in Romans 12. It says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. The disciples were taught by Jesus to appreciate one another and to look out for one another. That idea of belonging to one another is a powerful one. It emphasises a mutual responsibility. It raises the stakes. I'm sure if we, we all opened our, our wallets or our purses, we'd find an assortment of cards, membership cards of different things. Everything from your co-op membership card or your, your Nectar card or your Tesco club card, which expresses a degree of belonging, but doesn't actually mean that much, apart from you get a few pennies back every now and then. You might have a, a membership card to a sports team, or to the National Trust, or some other organisation, which you get out every now and then if you feel like a day out at Tinsfield or Durham Park or going to see the Rovers. There's a certain sense of belonging, a certain sense of allegiance. But the stakes are raised so much higher, aren't they, when we know that we belong to Jesus, when we're part of his community here. Yes, we still have choices to make. We might choose just to flit in every now and then, a bit half-heartedly. Or we might recognise that God has chosen us for a purpose and that we belong to one another and have a responsibility to one another to, to worship together, to encourage one another, to build one another up. It's great to belong. It's great to know we're loved. But this body we're a part of is like no other. And from the start, the disciples were told that this wasn't just about them, but that they were called to participate in a world-changing mission. And so alongside the call to come follow me came those words, and I will send you out to fish for people. The disciples would benefit from being with Jesus, but ultimately they would also benefit others. Belonging came with a purpose, and still does, in Christ's church. Former Archbishop William Temple said, The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. Of course we benefit from being part of God's family. But our focus, like that of the disciples, should also be outward to others who need to hear that they belong, that they are loved, that they are welcomed. Knowing that we belong, knowing that we are God's children, brings us to a secure place where we can reach out to others with confidence. As the disciples were built up through spending time with Jesus, they were equipped to reach out to great effect. And so with us, our Thursday gatherings, our Sunday worship, our home groups, our prayer triplets, build us up to enable us to reach out. It's a great encouragement at the moment. A couple of the people on the um, Alpha course, which Caroline's been part of, came along because of the example and the encouragement of someone they worked with. And their, in each case, their colleagues' words and actions and attitudes spoke of Jesus. And it opened up conversations with them. And out of that, these two people came to Alpha and have both taken significant strides forward towards or into Christian faith. And they're increasingly feeling that they belong. But it's the example of their work colleagues that made a difference in the first instance. 
In a few minutes, we move into our time of communion, the ultimate expression of our belonging as we share bread and wine together. So as we do so, I just encourage us all to reflect on what it means for us to belong as we take the bread, as we take the wine. What does it mean to belong to Christ? But also, what does it mean to belong to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ? Part of God's family with that responsibility to one another. And how might God want us? How might he want to use us to help others find a home and know that they belong? Let me pray.